You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Joined by both my co-hosts tonight, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. Uh, we are coming in high off a 41-21 win. Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in the first divisional matchup of the season. Uh, they stand at the top of the NFC East with the 2-1 record and the NFC East win. Uh, so we are ecstatic to talk about that game. Touch on maybe a little bit stu- uh, things that happened in that game, but also some stuff that we kind of see maybe happening in the future over these next few weeks. But uh, we're going to spend a lot of time recapping the game and getting you ready for uh, week four um, as the Cowboys will take on the Carolina Panthers at home uh, in week four and try to improve to three and one, which would then further their uh, growth in the NFC East and, and really make us feel a lot better about this season. But uh, before we get started, how you fellas doing tonight? Doing pretty well. How are y'all? Fantastic. Dallas Cowboys are two and one, and as long as there aren't any catastrophic injuries, looks like they're gonna walk away with the NFC East. I mean, let's be real. What 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 record wins this division? Because we thought Washington was gonna be better than they were because we oh. thought their defense was gonna be good. And their defense sucks. Yeah. So uh yeah, th- their defense well, here's the thing, man. Defenses in the NFL today can't really play defense anymore. So it really comes down to how good is the quarterback across from you that you're playing. And so far they've played Justin Herbert and who else have they played so far? Sorry. Uh, Daniel, Jones. Daniel Jones. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah. We can talk about that because they were very bad in that <laughs> game. But, but that, was more, play? that was oh, more um, them not being able to well, stop Daniel Josh Allen running. And then they played it, Josh Allen. So, it, like, don't get me wrong. Like, backs are, are difficult. And then, like, they just don't have anything on offense. Taylor Heineke just can't right. get it done. And honestly, I don't think a healthy Fitz does either. So, uh, at yeah, the end of the day, I don't. I, I said it on Twitter the other day. I, I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are the second best team in the NFC East, and that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> that's but why I like, asked. But like, I also thought that the Philadelphia Eagles were better, are a better football team than they showed last night. I mean, Jalen Hurts has not played that bad against other football teams. He he was he was atrocious yesterday. He was he was very very bad. So, um, and we didn't see that against Atlanta for sure, and we didn't see that against San Francisco. And I think San Francisco's defense is better than than Dallas's. Yeah. So are we just I mean, so we we did the call. I want to ask you this question, but let me preface it by saying we did the grade show the other you know a couple weeks ago where we went through and graded each position group. Yeah. I don't think this defense is good. 
No, it's 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 I don't it's, like it's, efficiency it's numbers, like mm-hmm. you know, like I feel it, it, I'm so contradicted because I don't think this defense is good, but they like Week two against the Chargers, it was like chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. I sent out this defense sucks tweet, and then they got an interception. Trayvon Diggs picks off Justin Herbert. Same thing happened yesterday. It was like chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. Jalen Hurts throws a pick. So, like, are we going to buy into that this is going to keep happening on the defense side of the ball? Or are we just going to keep saying this defense isn't good, but they're getting lucky? Like, what? what where are we at with this defense right now? I mean, I think there's a little bit of both in there. Um, Oh, come on. I hate to cop out there, but I mean, I agree with what you're saying as far as them not being, I don't think they're an elite defense. I think there are people giving the defense a little bit too much hype because of the splash plays, because of how exciting Parsons is to watch, things like that. But you're right. I mean, you can't realistically rely on those kind of turnovers over a, I guess now a 17 game season plus the playoffs. Um, me and Dalton were talking about that Jalen Hurts pick to Anthony Brown early in the game. I mean, that's an accurate throw. That's probably a touchdown. Um, Anthony Brown, you know, was that, was that Devontae Smith that they were throwing it to? Or is that walking? I can't remember. Who, or no, it was Rager. Um, right? I believe it was Rager. Yeah. Yeah. Rager had him, had a step or two on him. He throws it. At, there wasn't a safety anywhere in the vicinity to my, uh, if I remember correctly. So there's a accurate throw. That's a touchdown. Instead, like you said, Jalen Hurts played awful last night. Um, terrible throw, and the Cowboys benefited from it. Um, even on the Trayvon Diggs pick six, Devontae Smith slipped. Um, I mean, maybe it could have still been picked off either anyways. It probably would have at least been deflected. Um, but, I mean, that you could say that that was lucky as well. So, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I think the Cowboys defense has improved from last year, but doesn't say a ton because, you know, last year's unit was terrible. But I agree with your overall point. They're getting really lucky. Um, Diggs has been making plays, but you can't rely on those kind of turnovers for an entire season. You can't expect that. Um, I think going into last night's game, I was listening to the pregame show. Um, I was on the way to Pluckers. Uh, you know, Brian Broadis was talking about how I think the Cowboys were forcing like a turnover on 30% of possessions over the first two games, um, which is unsustainable, you know, and, didn't get two big turnovers last night. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of luck that's going into it. And I don't want to say you're wrong because I truly do feel a lot of how you feel. But then I go back to it and it's like, this is like the seventh consecutive game where they forced two turnovers. So, like, yeah, it's like I have so many and buts with this team where it's like, is this defense good? But... Hmm. We keep seeing. Oh, I don't think this happen. defense is elite, but I mean, I'm just saying I think it is improved from last year. Yeah, no, 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 and, and like I said, like I almost feel like I'm not giving the defense enough credit. Okay, yeah, because like we have the sample size through seven, eight games now, where they're getting the turnovers, like seven straight games of two That's turnovers. True. You know, like I, I, I don't know. It, it's such a tricky situation because I watch the defense play, mm-hmm. and I'm like this isn't a good defense. And then they get the pick or then they get the sack or then they rush the passer and they get the holding call. And it's like, damn man, like, am I an idiot? Yes. But like also fact, <laughs> but also like they keep <laughs> like the things that I keep questioning them on, like, Oh, they're definitely going to break this drive. They're definitely not going to get the turnover this drive. And then they get it. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to buy into it or not. Yeah. Dalton, where are you at on it? So here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> 
Trayvon Diggs is he's unbelievable. Seriously. Yeah. His, what his, do we, we called him a top twenty-five corner the other day. I think we were we were we undersold. Underselling him. Yeah. I don't think anybody in the NFL has his ball skills. And <laughs> listen, I know that Xavier Howard turns the ball over a lot. I know that Marcus Peters can turn the ball over with the best of them. Since 2017, he has done it. But Trayvon Diggs, the way that he was able to break passes up last night, when he wasn't able to get his hands on the football, being so strong, being six foot two and 210 pounds, is really important to what he does. And he's able to go up at the catch point and control a receiver's wrist at the correct time, being able to, to wipe away or, or, or chop down like a hammer. Whatever he does, he is able to break passes up, and he is outstanding at it. What I did not expect from Trayvon Diggs was his ability to mirror guys in man coverage. And when I think back on it, it's really, really freaking stupid of me not to give him the benefit of the doubt coming out of college because he had been a cornerback for two years at that point. One of them was spent in the slot at Alabama. The second was on the outside in a very complex scheme two years into playing this position. And his brother is Stefan freaking Diggs. Why didn't I think, <laughs> oh, hey, he's got one of the best route runners in the NFL to work with in the offseason. And then, oh, he gets drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, and he gets to practice against Amari Cooper, who is one of the best route runners in the NFL. And he gets to go up against C.D. Lamb in practice and Michael Gallup. So he gets three different types of receivers right there, too, to go up against. Not to mention the fact that this dude isn't just playing on one side of the football anymore. He's traveling traveling. with other teams' best receivers. I was away by that interception against Keenan Allen. That, that, that play shouldn't have happened. That the right. people don't make that play. Receivers don't make that catch. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs is legit. I mean, I mean, like, like Cole touched on a little bit, like the pick yesterday. Like, yeah, uh, Devontae Smith fell, but that was probably going to be a pick either way. Like he yeah, drove it might the not ball be perfect. A, it might, yeah, it may not right, be. Right, tackled. Six, but it's a Right, like yeah, he played it really well. I mean, he himself was a blue chip wide receiver coming out yeah. of high school. Like you said, yeah. he. His brother's Stephon Diggs, so you know him. He learned from that growing up, and that uh-huh. definitely is very beneficial. And uh, last night, I mean, he I think it definitely helped him that he is familiar with Jalen Hurts and with Devontae Smith yeah. what they do, you know, practicing. But, the, but like y'all said, I mean, he did the same thing against Keenan Allen. He locked yeah. down Mike Evans. So, I mean, it, it, we're at a three-game sand- – it's – Still it a small sample size, but well, it, 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 and now he's got DJ Moore coming up, who is yeah. like four Another different types of receiver right. uh-huh. that he's played against, and, and still one of the most underrated wide receivers in the For NFL. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be another different question that he's going to have to answer against DJ Moore. But, dude, it, my, my favorite part about this is, first of all, we're missing four defensive starters still. <laughs> so I think this defense can still get a lot better, right. and to include – who many would say is our best defensive player. I think Trayvon Diggs will have uh, a, a, a say in that, and so will Micah Parsons by the end of the year. But, dude, Osa is Osa, a playmate. Yeah. I was going to say, dude, he might be your best yeah. defensive player. That, that dude is a stud on the defensive yeah. interior. I know people have been talking a lot about Michael Bennett. It's kind of what he reminds me of on the defensive interior. And, and then in the secondary, man, Donovan Wilson is not around yet. J-Ron Kurz can freaking play, man. Yeah. That dude is very much reminds me of Donovan Wilson 
in the back end. I think he's better, better in coverage. coverage. <laughs> I don't think he's quite the player um, against the run just because Dono is a, is a stud in that way. But they, like they have four Dude. safeties the, that can fall. The, the play. The play Curse made against Hurts, I think, is in the fourth quarter where they knocked the water boy over. Like, yeah. he knifed through three blockers and then yeah. just ran. I mean, again, like, Goddard was blocking Curse. That's why all that commotion happened. But Goddard was blocking Curse. He knifed through two blockers, carried Goddard into the ball carry, and then made the tackle. And I was just like, dog, that's the best safety play I've seen from a safety in a long time, like just the ability to just, I don't, I don't, and again, like he's really good, man. I, I Chris really isn't a dude that coming play. in. We were like, Oh, he's going to no. be a stud. You know, like we had those conversations. Like if hooker reaches a ceiling, if cause he's healthy, like they can be dudes. Like, but we were never like curse is going to be a freaking, you know, a, a day in and day out player. We talked about, I mean, he's only Seven got run in two weeks, but those two weeks of J Ron curse, like he's one of my favorite players to watch on this defense right now. Me too. And, and this is why I think, this Dallas Cowboys team is different, and I think this is why they can actually be a team that could make a run in the playoffs. It's because they can get turnovers, and I don't think that when those four guys come back, if they keep relatively healthy, if Trayvon Diggs is healthy, if Micah Parsons is healthy, if Osa is healthy, if they get Gallimore back and they keep Parsons healthy, I, I don't see a reason why this team can't be in the middle of the pack and when your offense is, in my opinion, the most dangerous offense up and down in the entire NFL, you don't need a top 10 defense. You need yeah. a, maybe a top 20 defense. Yeah. But but I think that this team, with the schedule that they also have to face, is going to be a top 20 defense by the end of the season. And I think they could be first in turnovers by the end of the year because, honestly, guys, I don't see – Trayvon Diggs getting away from the football unless they just stop targeting they're, they're, him. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're they're not they're not the Demonte Kazee turnovers we saw last weekend where you know it's just yeah. ball right at you type overthrow. Like these are, I mean, again, like we can say Devontae Smith fell down yesterday. That was yeah. I, I would bet a lot of money that that was going to be a pick either way. Yeah. So yeah. he's had an insane interception against Keenan Allen that 90% of the league isn't getting. He had a really good play on the ball yesterday against Devontae Smith. And then, yeah, the first one was a little lucky, but still the ball skills to react to that ball that bounces off hands and comes right at you. Like he, like you said, like, I don't think that the, I mean, he's not going to have 17 interceptions obviously, but I could definitely see him ending with six or seven and continuing to pick the ball off at a rate. We don't really see, but mm-hmm. I think that the, Real quick, before we kind of move on to some other things, like I think the biggest thing with this defense is the attitude that they play with is something we haven't seen for a while. Like they did, like Demarcus Lawrence was the only player for a long time that we felt had that attitude of like a winning defense. Like you're, and maybe at times it was a guy like Antoine Woods who would like show up and like actually play with some some you know energy and effort. But I mean, forever it was just kind of like. Robert Quinn was like, okay, he rushes a passer, but there's no, he's an old veteran. He doesn't really have that fire anymore. Like Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith kind of were just blah. And then you had, you know, Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, the starting corners and Chidobe Awuzie, who just didn't play with that like energy and that, that attitude that Trey, I mean, again, like Trayvon Diggs gave up that play in zone coverage on the first snap of the game or one of the first snaps of the game. And then after that, he was like, ain't nobody catching a football on me without getting getting hit. And, like, 
There's Osa definitely a different that. kind of swagger and confidence right. with this group. Yeah, and I think part mean. of I think part of that is Dan Quinn too. And I think part of that is that so last year with, with Mike Nolan, the defense was was complicated and it really screwed up the entire defense. Not being able to communicate, Mike Nolan not understanding that, hey, I need to simplify this defense for it to work. This year, we're seeing two high shells. We're seeing single high coverage. We're we're seeing quarters, and we're seeing disguise pre-snap to post-snap. And that's something that, especially against quarterbacks that aren't your Tom Brady's or or anything like that, because you're going to see more static coverages against the the, the, the better quarterbacks, the guys that are more cerebral. When you face the the Jalen Hurts of the world, you can kind of disguise these coverages a little bit more, play a little bit more freely, and be a little bit more aggressive. And then you see things like last night happen. So, I'm 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 excited about what they have going for the rest of the season. I don't think they're going to be a good defense, but I think they're going to be a sufficient defense. Yeah, that that's. I, I do think the secondary play, what's really impressive to me, real quick, it's just that. We, you know, we did the grading a couple of weeks ago about the positions. Uh, we gave them bad grades for pass rush. Um, and then Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. And Randy Gregory missed last week. Um, the whole defensive line is, like, depleted pretty much. You have Micah Parsons playing defensive end, undersized. That we're, he's explosive, we think, can make some plays. But he's not a guy you want playing every snap at that position. And the secondary is still you know, making plays and coverage. And there's, I mean, that, you know, the Buccaneers game, they gave us some big plays, um, of course. I mean, it's hard not to against Brady and those receivers, but still, I mean, they made plays against Justin Herbert. Um, and they made Jalen Hurts, even though he played poorly himself, they made him uh, throw some poorly, some poor passes as well. They made some, they capitalized on it too without a pass rush. And I think that's really beneficial when Lawrence comes back, when um, the whole D-line does return to some kind of, uh, full health. Uh, I think that's going to pay off down the road. Yeah, if the biggest play from the Eagles, which I, I felt like was the throw that Hurts made on third and 12 or something like that, I was on end zone. If that's the only like huge play, and they gave up some chunk plays early, don't get me wrong, but like after those few chunk plays, they kind of calmed down and, and settled in. After that, like if that wing and a prayer play is the only play that you're kind of like shaking mm-hmm. your head out, you're kind of, I mean, because again, like you live with it. Yeah, I don't know how that pass was com- – like, the odds yeah. of that pass being completed are low. Like, if yeah. that's how you complete big plays, like, fine, we'll, we'll take that. It's just the – how many times last year was a guy running wide open down the field, 30 yards down the field, and it was just like, I'll take that and I'll walk in and touchdown. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like the – I wanted to touch on that because, I mean, like like the play we were talking about with Curse where they were in the Eagles uh, bench and there was some scuffles going on, like – Curse got like separated and then walked back over to Goddard and was like, it ain't happening. You know, like I, I love that. Cause I felt like for so long, like they just kind of got bullied on defense. Like that's the best way mm-hmm. I can describe it is they just got pushed around in the run game. You know, like they get, they give up plays and it was just like, there was High no five fight. And cheerleaders. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what did you, how'd you guys think Jalen Smith played last night? Listen, I, to be honest, I, I don't think that Jalen Smith has played all that bad in the past two games. I didn't, I, I I didn't understand why people were killing him on Twitter. Cause Jay, was, yeah, listen, listen, I think it's because that one drive where the Eagles scored and people yeah. just don't fans like him to, to begin with. Yep, yeah. fans have to have something to hate. It, but it doesn't I'm matter. that guy. Even when things are going right. 
it doesn't matter if you're the Chiefs and you know you've been to three straight Super Bowl or two straight Super Bowls and might go to a third. They gotta hate somebody over there in Kansas City. They have to have one scapegoat, and and the Dallas Cowboys scapegoat is Jalen Smith. Before Jalen Smith, it was Jeff Heath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just like I, I, I know. I mean, we all can be like super negative about things when we don't need to be, and like if we had former opinion, like that's that's obvious, obvious. But I hope I'm never that person that like even when a guy is like playing well or, you know, again, there was like three times last night where Jalen Hurts had a three yard gain on a scramble that Jalen Hurts put. I mean, Jalen Smith pushed him out of bounds, and people were like, "God, Jalen sucks," <laughs> and I'm like, "Stop." Dude, hey, that's what I'm saying. And 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 I tweeted it out the other day. I said fandom is is wild. You know, I've 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 tweeted out and talked about it before. I think fandom is a disease. Um, and and it's kind of the way that it is, man. It it gets us out of mind. It gets us out of pocket. It it upsets us irrationally week (laughs) in and week out. And we have these small 16 and now 17 game sample sizes where you know we we put in all this time and all this effort into being a fan and then they can just destroy it 10 plus times a year you know what i mean so we get super super enraged at what we see it's like you with the new york yankees you know no matter if they're they're winning losing you hate them no matter what happens that is your that is your psychotic fandom right there the new york yankees No, and we're back, other, baby. We're back. Have, exactly. And other people have that with the Dallas Cowboys or, or whoever their favorite team is. And, and at this point, I've accepted that that's the way that the world is. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just because we believe in this team and we want them to be the best version of themselves. All right. We touched on the defense. Let's talk about the real point the finger at scapegoat that we all need to destroy. And that Jack is Prescott, right? Yeah, he sucks, man. I mean, what a 37.5, man. 37.5 QBR. Real quick. Terrible. (laughs) Yesterday's game was truly probably – I'm not saying it was his best performance that I've seen, but that was the most fun I've had watching the quarterback play for the Cowboys. Like, there was a third down – Zeke comes running on the field, and the the mic caught him just being like, Zeke, get off the field. And then he he yells at CD. He's like, CD, left. It's coming to you. And then he just bootlegs out and throws it to Schultz. And I was just like, oh, my God. I love it. Like, he's in he's in he's absolute – He's in complete control of that offense. Like, the mistakes that he makes, it's like he knows that they're his. When he throws those heat checks interceptions, he's always – it's yeah. like, yep, those are mine. You know, hey, they're mine. And I'm going to – I'll probably make a few of those a year, but it's just because I want to be aggressive fitting the ball exactly, down the field. Exactly, man. That's what people have to understand. Like Patrick Mahomes has had incredible interception luck throughout his career. Not he as much has, this year, but yes. Not as much this year, but yep. but generally. I mean, look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray yeah. is yeah. the MVP front runner if it's not for four interceptions in three games. And yeah. three mm-hmm. of those interceptions were just bad, bad, bad plays by Kyler Murray. Right. He mm-hmm. is still and, and I wrote about it today. He is the most difficult player in the NFL to game plan against yep, because yeah. he's Lamar Jackson on the ground with an absolute howitzer of an arm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just unbelievable, but he can still beat himself. And yep. that's not something you're going to see from Dak Prescott. He might throw a, a pass that tests a tight window and it gets intercepted or it gets tipped up and intercepted. And listen, I'm going to live with those types of mistakes, but yep. Kyler Murray is out here losing linebackers or not <laughs> yeah. seeing 
not seeing the backside safety coming to take care of the post. Like those are mental mistakes. These right. aren't mental mistakes that Dak Prescott's making. No. He's right. just trying to go out and make a Be play. Aggressive. It's the same type of mistakes that Patrick Mahomes makes. You live with those kinds of mistakes. Yep. It's the, I mean, it's the same that, kind of plays that, that his critics, yeah. the people that don't like him, are complaining that he didn't take his rookie yes. or his second yeah. year, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. 100%. I mean, again, like the ball placement has been, I think, off the charts so far, you know, minus a few. I mean, he had seven incompletions yesterday and like the one bad throw that I, that I remember is the one that Amari deep down the sideline, he just didn't get enough on it and left it short and didn't give him a chance. But I mean, there's just, you're not seeing errant throws. You're not seeing bad ball placement. You're not, you know, he took four sacks yesterday, which a couple of them, you know, as much as we say that sacks are quarterback stat, stat a few of them, I don't know if there's much you could have done. So, you know, it's, it's other than that, I just, I, I don't see, I mean, again, he's playing like a top five, six quarterback, in my opinion. And I don't care what the I mean, again, I love the numbers. I love the metrics. I love the analytics. But I'm watching him play. And I think he's playing the best football of his career, post-snap, pre-snap, at the line of scrimmage, everything. Yep. He said he's playing the best football of his career. And it's just fun. Like you said, it's just fun to watch how how much, how much uh, like, you know, full control he has of the offense. He's complete control. He's confident in himself i think there was um some worry from some people how confident he'd be coming back from that injury and the shoulder thing and all that that's the craziest part about it is like i expected some rust because he didn't Mm -hmm. have a training camp he didn't play i mean again like we talked about it on twitter all the time like yeah we're fine with a half of rust if it means you know he doesn't have to play in the preseason risk and energy or or an an injury and we're fine with maybe him starting off the first couple games slower but like the first couple games he threw yeah truly like he's coming off a brutal ankle injury he you know sheltered a shoulder injury throughout the whole offseason and just like doesn't yeah like it's it's crazy it's yeah i mean and he's he's second in completion percentage over expectation, um, right behind Teddy Bridgewater. He's completing a, a league high seventy seven point five percent of his passes. And like yesterday, he was unbelievable in that aspect. I think his uh, his intended air yards yesterday um, ended up being nine point two yards per attempt, and he completed eighty point eight percent of his passes. Nuts. The, the numbers say he should have completed 66% of them. That right. was, and I, I did the numbers on this, that was the highest the, completion percentage over expectation since like week six of last year. Yeah. When Baker Mayfield had a, a 15% uh, over expectation. I mean, just unbelievable. And like last week, it, it was kind of the same thing. I, I watched last week and I was like, man, like did, did Dak really play? very well last week against yeah. the Chargers. And then I look up and he has four incompletions for the entire game. <laughs> yeah. and, yep. feel like and it's like, Oh, like he just played a decent game. It's just, it's unbelievable to, to sit back and think like my expectations for him are so high that when he has a, a top 10 right. of, <laughs> of game for a yeah. week, it's like, well, that was underwhelming. That's what I tweeted yeah. that out last <laughs> week. I was like, Dak probably played pretty mediocre to his standards, but it's still better than 90% of the league. Like, yeah. his mediocre performance nowadays is literally top 10. Like you just said, it's probably still a top 10 performance. And it's just, I mean, again, like, we've t- heard the Manning stuff. We've heard a lot of things. Like, 
you know, uh, defenses are probably going to play the Cowboys with the two high shells a lot and force them to take the underneath stuff, force them to run the football. And that's great. Like, that's what he's doing. He's not, you know, he's going to learn. He can't throw, you know, the ball that he missed a CD lamb in week two that was, he overthrew just because of the safety looks like he'll learn that stuff. And again, if he's going to do that and just be aggressive with it, fine, I'll live with it. It's just, I mean, pre post snap getting guy, you know, getting into the right plays, getting right into the, you know, just everything is just top notch. But, um, real quick, before we talk about the coach, the clock management, um, my boy said Wilson and Dalton Schultz. That was a that was a that was a big night for Ooh. me. That was a big yeah, night was, for me. <laughs> that was the brand. I'm okay, still... now you're gonna start talking about your fantasy team. Let's move on to Mike McCarthy now. <laughs> <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Oh, but yeah, um, Big Mike. What are we going to do with Big Mike? Here's my thing. We'll, we'll each kind of talk about this a little bit. Oh, I, I can tell you what we're going to do with Big Mike. I'll let you talk, though. So here's my issue with Big Mike. And here's my issue, and here's why I, I might get a little annoying on Twitter when talking about it, even though the team's playing well and winning. Is you can't look at the end results of these games and just throw dirt on the issues that can crop up every week. Because when it gets to the playoffs, or when it gets to week 11, or when it gets to week 9 against a good team, and you miss that 56-yard field goal last week, or the Tampa Bay scores after a 61-yard field goal in week 1, or the Philadelphia Eagles come out after halftime and they make adjustments and they go down and score a touchdown, and that 20-7 to lead that you thought was so big turns into a 6-point lead everybody's going to lose their mind and freak out. So I'm not trying to freak out. I'm just trying to warn people that you're, you got a bad coach and maybe he does get these guys prepared. Maybe he does have the, and he does, I'll give him credit there. Like this team has come out more prepared in the first three weeks of the season than we've seen in a while. I'll give him credit for that, but his lone responsibility, he's not calling plays. He's not installing plays. He's not helping with special teams. His lone responsibility is to manage the game and manage it correctly, and he's not good at that. So if you're not good at your biggest and pretty much sole responsibility on game day, what are you doing? Like, you're not – you're winning. We're saying this team's well-coached right now because of Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. And it's like – it's tough. It's been – we went through a – however many long year process where we didn't have the coordinators and the head coach 
who was calling the plays, installing the plays, was an issue. And now I feel like we've gotten away from that. We have the coordinators calling the right plays, installing the right plays, doing the right things, but the head coach can't figure out his loan responsibility. And that, in my opinion, is very, very, very frustrating. So I might be annoying on Twitter, but it's just very frustrating to see the same things crop up week after week. And that's why I complained about it last week. Like a lot of people said, oh, yeah, I don't I don't think he handled it wrong at the end of the Chargers game. You want to kick the field goal when time expires. And it's like, yeah, not from 56 yards with a bad <laughs> kicker. And we probably have a bad kicker. So that was my take on it. But I'll let you guys rant and tell me I'm wrong or agree with me or whatever it is. No, nah, I mean, we've seen this for 15, almost 15 years now for, with him. He is who he is at this point. Um, there's not a, a snowball's chance in hell that Jerry Jones lets Kellen Moore walk out that door. So listen, guys, you're just not going to have to worry about it for too long. And I hate to say that because like personally, I like Mike McCarthy. Like as a person, I like to listen to him. I think he's funny. I I think that he gives good answers most of the time during his press conferences and interviews on the radio and stuff like that. But guys, he's dog water in game. He is awful. I mean, that is, pathetic to not call the time and, and listen i, I, I know there's a lot of talk it. about not there was a lot of talk about oh well yeah once it's fourth down you don't want to call the timeout third and 23 i understand <laughs> that you call it up third down yeah. call the timeout on third down so you have two down no, inside the timeout. 30 too Dak prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the final two minutes like <laughs> in two minute situations that's what give him the freaking ball he's, He told the media today that they didn't want to be backed up. And it's like, dude, you were at the 30-yard line. Yeah, they were inside their own 30. It wasn't even the 30-yard line, I don't think. The third down, I think you were on like – Right, right, right. Like maybe they were on the 30 after the third down. But like, I mean, that's like – like, I agree with you. When, we, when we're talking football stuff with Mike McCarthy, he does give good answers, and I do like to hear him. But, like, then he answers media questions on, like, questioning him on decisions, and his answers just make me want to punch myself in the face. And I'm like, dude, like, if you're going to make mistakes, just go to the press conference the next day and go, yeah, we talked about it after the game. We, pro- we probably should have called the timeouts there and gone for it. It's not and that hard. Dude, he's got one job. He, he literally has one job. That's what's yeah. so infuriating to me. Like, I'll give McVeigh and Shanahan a pass because they're literally calling the entire offense throughout 60 minutes. So they might call a bad timeout or might not call a bad timeout because they're looking for the next play call or they're messing with special teams or Yo, they're doing the that. referee. The referee yesterday was practically <laughs> begging him for the timeout. Yeah. Like, you, he's looking at me I like, was, are you sure you don't want a timeout right now? Like, no, and everybody's like, the ref's in his face. Like, <laughs> like he said, begging for, for, for him to call a timeout. <laughs> yeah. So time out. Do you want a timeout? Are you sure you don't want a timeout? We're 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 positive that, we don't want a timeout right now. That was the Are funniest sure? part. That was I the funniest part. Is the is the re- the official was like he was looking at him and then Even he kind of like he, he kind of like looked back at the field and looked back at him like dog you're not gonna call a timeout and he's just like nah. there's, there's like a million people at home on Monday night watching on their TV, screaming at their TV on third down for him to call a timeout. And I had to switch Twitter's <laughs> accounts during that. <laughs> Go to yours? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yep. makes sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cole, I mean, I know you. it sounds like you agree with this, but, like, where's your frustration levels with McCarthy? And do you th- – I mean – 
they're not going to obviously make a change at head coach in the middle of the year in a season where they're going to win the division more than likely and have a chance at making a decent run in the playoffs. But kind of what Dalton led on, like if it comes down to keeping Kellen and moving on, like where are you at on that? Do you, where do you think they'll be at on that? And do you think it's bad enough to where this or like the front office is already planning to, no matter what happens, unless they win the Super Bowl, we're probably going to bring in a new guy next year. Uh, to your last point, I don't think it's already bad enough to them um, because, you know, Jerry loves winning. And as long as they win the games they're supposed to in this stretch, I don't think there's going to be any panic. But, I mean, I do agree with Dalton. I do think that there's no chance they're going to let Kellamore leave the building. I mean, they talk about him too highly. Um, Steven Jones yesterday was saying that he's like one of the best offensive minds in the league. They like his relationship with Dak. They just paid Dak, so they're not going to want him to start all over there. Um, I mean, you already had a division rival looking at him. I mean, it could have been a courtesy uh, interview, but still, the Eagles are still looking at him. And there's a chance the Giants can move on from Joe Judge if they uh, have a season look like they're going to have. Well, maybe they want to pull the trigger early. Are you going to risk letting him go to – another division rival, let them talk to him, you know? So I just don't think, but like you said, I mean, he's, Kellamore is calling the offense. It's his offense. Um, Dak has a great relationship with him. Um, if you let that go, then who do you, do you promote Nussmeyer? Do you give play calling duties back to McCarthy and have him handle more things that we're already seeing him struggle with the small amount that he has on his plate right now? Um, I just don't know. I don't think, you know, I just, I don't think they're going to let Kellen Moore go. Um, I think Dalton hit, hit the nail on the head. There's no chance in hell they're going to let him leave. Um, like I said, especially the Giants potentially having an opening. And, I mean, other teams across the league, you don't want to lose that kind of guy. I think, in my opinion, um, I do think, you know, Jerry's still bitter about letting Sean Payton go and choosing Jason Garrett over him. I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Um, yeah, I think I, mean, I was listening to G Bag Nation there talking about Nussmeyer and all of that, but I do agree. I don't think it's going to come to that point. I think if push comes to shove, if they had to choose one or the other, it's going to be Kellen Moore. I don't, I, 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 I would agree That's with true. it, first of all. And second of all, I do think Jerry and Steven love him enough, you know, want him in the building enough to keep him in, in town. I, I, I sure hope so. I mean, truly, because it's just like if my job is to answer phones at my job and I only answer every <laughs> fifth phone call, then I'm terrible yeah. at my job. Like it's, I it's, mean, I think it's pretty telling to me that they let, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, but no, you're, you're, you know, I think it's pretty telling that they told McCarthy that Kellen Moore is going to be on staff. You know, they let other people go and all of that, but uh, Hey, we're going to keep telling Kellen Moore. He's going to be the one calling plays um, after McCarthy's been calling plays his whole career. So I think it's pretty telling that th- that was one of the things I think, they weren't ready to promote him head coach back then. You know, they wanted him to get some offensive coordinator experience and play calling experience. And now that they see it's working, I think they will be ready to make that move if it if it ha- if it happens to come down to that. Yeah, like like I said, the only thing, the only like the biggest thing for me is it's, it's you can't you can't compare it to McVay or Shanahan or Floor or guys who are calling their offenses because it's. Again, you know, like that's what Jerry kind of said on the radio today. So he's kind of like, yeah, you know, you look around the league and a lot of the good coaches uh, are bad at clock management. It's like a lot of those coaches also are their main offensive play callers or their yeah. main offensive installers or they have duties on defense or they have duties on special teams. And like he doesn't have any of that. 
We see that. Like, we see John Fossil has more to do on game day than Mike McCarthy does. <laughs> Truly. Like, my guy's got kickoff, punt, field goal units, cover units. Like, Mike's just got to know when to do this. When he Obviously, you're listening. You can't see that. But the old timeout call, bro. That's all you got to learn how to do is when to do that. And again, if, if he can't do it, get somebody on staff that can. That can yeah. help him with that. You're the richest franchise in all of sports. If you can't have a 25-year-old kid who is a math major, whatever it is, who knows when, analytic, whatever it is, I don't know what you want to call that, analytics, metrics, whatever it is, that can stand behind Mike McCarthy and go, Coach, use your time out here. Then, I, I mean, it's pretty pretty bad when the referee is, like, shocked that you're not right. making the timeout, you know? Calling the timeout, so I, it's not like it's some bold take to say they should have called the timeout. I think it's pretty obvious to everybody. Um, and like you said, his answer to being asked about it doesn't really give you much right. confidence. And, and like Dalton said, I get not calling it on the fourth down once they get closer to the marker and they're mm-hmm. you know at the thirty whatever it is third and third in a third, mile third in a mile, and you know they're going to call a screen or a draw play. Like those are the only two play calls that you're really going to do there. So you call yeah. a timeout, you get your defense on the field, you let them get a breath and go, hey, they're probably going to run a draw or a screenplay, so be ready for it. And they ran the screenplay, and they gave up, you know, 16, 17 and yards. They had, it's not even like they just had one timeout where maybe he felt yeah, like it two. wasn't worth in the clock. They had two timeouts where they yeah. stop him on third down, and you could call another timeout. Um, get the bar of a sneakily pass, you have a timeout in your pocket for that. Like, whatever it was, I agree. Like, call that timeout on third down and see what happens. I mean... I and and I said I said it over the last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll get out of here if you guys don't have anything else. But I said it over the offseason. Like, my biggest gripe with McCarthy is it's not – I mean, like, he has track records of being aggressive. He has track records of, you know, being a good coach. He's just so inconsistent with everything he does. Like, week one, they weren't aggressive on fourth down, even in situations that were like, hey, we strongly recommend you going for this on fourth down. It helps your percentages of winning the football game. And they kick field goals and miss field goals. And, you know, I mean, even even we saw it like I'm not going to kill him for this, but the 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 go the go ahead field goal or the time field goal in Tampa Bay, the fourth and six, like we're seeing teams go for that. Now, the Chargers just did it against the Chiefs. They go for that on fourth yeah. down and they go. We're not giving the football back to that really good quarterback that has been carving us up all game, especially like, when you have a you really good quarterback on your right. side, you know? We, Jimmy Garoppolo was not our quarterback. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if he was, I'd be, I'm, I might have a Mike McCarthy. Different tattoo. mindset. Jimmy, yeah. Right. Like, but dude, he's just, he's brutal. And, uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't, after all this fan base has gone through with Jason Garrett, I hope it doesn't come down to something like this or, you know, again, I hope it doesn't come down to something like in week one where it's just a, pretty obvious situation where you don't kick these field goals or you don't you know you you don't give the other team the ball back and or you use a timeout whatever it is like I hope an important game doesn't cost this team a playoff game or a chance to go deeper in the playoffs whatever it is because we have dealt with enough over the Jason Garrett era and we don't need incompetent coaching to to ruin more for us but that's all the time we got for today you guys got anything else before we get out of here I think he wrapped it up pretty well. Yeah. All right. Well, we're excited about this football team. Even though the last 20 minutes might have been a little uh, 
a little harsh, but uh, we think this football team's really good, and the only reason we're so animated about the last 20 minutes is because we don't want to see it derailed by incompetence. So, let's go win a Super Bowl, fellas. Make an yeah. NFC Championship game. We might have that. We might, we might have the team do it, but uh, we'll talk about that more next week. We'll talk to the Star Podcast. See you guys next time. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home on? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.